And today we are discussing how to prepare your child for a sibling. How do you do that? How have you done that as a parent? I'd like to hear your experiences. The arrival of a new baby can bring many emotions, can bring many changes to a family because parents are spending a lot of time and energy preparing and caring for the newborn, right? And it can be particularly difficult for the older siblings because much of the family's attention is focusing on that new addition to the family. In some instances, it results in jealousy, in sibling rivalry. Sometimes the older child can be aggressive and not thrilled with the new addition to the family. So I want us to to discuss how you as a parent can best navigate this new chapter and ensure that the older child does not feel neglected in the process. And what can you do to prepare the older child for a new sibling? And when they sh- when should they be starting? You know, when should you be starting to talk to them about that new addition uh, to the family? Nikki Bush is a parenting expert who's going to guide us through this discussion. But I'd like to hear your experiences. Um, how did you navigate this? When you had the second child, the third child, how did you prepare your older child or your older children for the new addition in the family? And how did they take it? Yeah? Give us a call on 011-883-0702. WhatsApp's on 072-702-1702. Nikki, welcome back to the show. Always great to have you. Thank you for making time. Thank you, Clement. And this is a really important topic. So I'm glad you're covering it this morning. So at what point should you, as a parent, tell your child that they're going to be having a new baby brother or baby sister? (laughs) Well, there's no perfect time to tell a child, but it becomes pretty obvious quite soon when you are pregnant with a second child. Firstly, mum is tired that first trimester is incredibly tiring in pregnancy. So your first child is going to notice that you're tired. So there has to be an explanation for why you are tired. And secondly, you will begin to show. And they need to be one of the first uh, parties to know that you're expecting another child and they need to hear it from you. Don't wait for them to hear it from granny or from a mother at school or another child, God forbid, at school that their own mother is pregnant. So they do need to be kept in the loop. And as I said, there's no perfect time, but it is a magical time uh, to be pregnant. And once upon a time, you were pregnant with your firstborn. And it is actually the perfect time to introduce their birth story to them while you're pregnant with your second child. So we need to talk about birth and pregnancy in the context of a story of love and a story of change, because I think that's why we're actually discussing this this morning, is because it's going to bring change and disruption to the family, even for all the right reasons. And of course, it is the perfect opportunity to share the story of birth and sexuality education as well. So I think those are three great pillars for this conversation today. What often comes first? Is it the the parent normally having that discussion with the child or is in most cases children the one who ask the questions because they can see the body changes um, mummy is looking different now like do they ask the questions around mummy what is this should you wait for them to even ask that or should you take the opportunity to share with them not the information that may be overwhelming to them but you know what's what's required and what's necessary at the time 
Clement, I think it very much depends on how old your first child is or, or the sibling is. You know, if they're very young, say 18 months old to three years, probably what they're going to notice first is that you're tired. Um, if they're much older, and I had a reasonably large age gap between my two children, four years and three months. So at the age of sort of four, four or five years of age, you can have a conversation with a child. Whereas if you have an 18 month to two year old, it's not so much a conversation. Um, so if they're older, you can open up that conversation where you can talk about, I'm sure you've noticed that mommy's a bit tired at the moment. Um, or I'm sure you've noticed that mommy's tummy's getting bigger. And it's because there's a baby growing inside my tummy. And children will ask as much as they need to ask. So yes, you do need to listen to the kinds of questions your children are asking you. And you don't have to give more information that they can handle. So, you know, if they ask you at the age of three or four, why is your tummy getting bigger? It, the answer is because there's a baby growing inside my tummy. I'm pregnant. If they don't ask you any more than that, you don't have to go into all the details. But as your tummy gets bigger and bigger, they may become intensely interested in what's going on inside there mm. and how it happened. I mean, I remember when my mum was pregnant with my youngest sister, I have two sisters, I'm the eldest. And I was, there are three years between my middle sister and I, and there is 11 years, there are 11 years between me and my youngest sister. She was a lot lamaki, as we like to call them. So I was, you know, turning 12 the year my mother was pregnant. And I have to tell you, I was so angry with her because my life was going really well. I just kind of got my ducks in a row and I was 12. Who wanted a pregnant mother walking around the school grounds? <laughs> you know, I was embarrassed. Mm. So I remember being very angry initially that my mum was pregnant because she was kind of going to upset my apple cart. I had my ducks in a row and now I was going to have competition. And I pretty much tried to ignore that pregnancy for a long time until I would say probably about six, seven months into the pregnancy when I actually became, became quite intensely interested in what was, mm. what was happening. And, um, you know, I was actually going to have this baby sister and very different to be 12 years old and, and being a responsible sibling, older sibling to mm. being three years old when my, my middle sister was born. So it was going to be an entirely different experience. And needless to say, when my youngest sister was born, of course, it was all celebrations and it was wonderful to have this cute little girl. And I think I was obviously much better able to cope with sibling rivalry and jealousy than say a two or three year old is going to going to be. Mm. So when you ask the question, you know, what should you say? When, sh when should you say it? It's going to be very much determined by the age of the siblings that are already around and how you need to talk to them. Yeah. Is there a new, like a specific age for a child to have a sibling? What is what is ex supposed desirable? What is better to do? There's no right or wrong way to do this, Clement. And, you know, for all the best intentions in the world, you might want to have three children and a two or three year age gap mm. between them. It doesn't always work that way. In fact, I have a friend uh, who is pregnant with her third child and she fell pregnant in the first 
a couple of months of the second baby's life because uh, if uh, you know what happens in a, a woman's body um, during breastfeeding, it's very easy to fall pregnant if you're not on contraception. And um, she was absolutely horrified. And it's not like she didn't know how babies are made and, you know, what the risks were. They want four children, actually. Mm -hmm. That's their, their, their plan is to have four children. She's currently going to have three children under the age of four. Sure. And that is incredibly, incredibly demanding. You know, having a baby is demanding. Having a toddler and a baby is demanding. Having three under the children age of four. under four or five. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I want to say, what were you thinking? But you know, the weird thing, Clement, is that you figure it out. Whatever happens, you have to figure it out for survival. And the best, most ideal situation, of course, is that you have two very present parents. That is your ideal situation that you have, mm. whether it's two women, two men, or a mom and a dad, whatever your family looks like to you, to try and be on, sing off the same hymn sheet, as we like to say. Parenting is a team sport. It is much easier done when you have a team. And your team can look different depending on your circumstances. So it might not be a mom and a dad. As I said earlier, it could be two men, two women raising children. It could be an extended family where grandparents are very closely linked to raising the children. Some grandparents live in with families. Some just are in the home every day, visiting, helping to care for the children. I sometimes think, Clement, maybe kibbutz living <laughs> might be a good idea. <laughs> that there would always be mothers and fathers available to children while other mothers and fathers go off to work. Yeah. There's really no perfect situation. But what we do need to understand about raising children and giving birth to children is there are two things. One is that love is elastic. Love is elastic. And that's an important one because when you've had one child in your life for 18 months or three years or five years before you had the next child. The first child has had so much of your attention and has taken up your whole heart. And I remember being pregnant with my second baby, just wondering, how was I going to love the second baby as much as I loved the first one? Mm. <laughs> hmm. And that is actually quite a big thing, especially for a mother to wonder how she's going to actually mm. embrace another child emotionally. And the second thing is that we need to understand that children need a lot of time and they need an enormous amount of attention. Mm. And perhaps after the next break, we will get back to this attention game because yeah. we need to understand it in order to manage the jealousy and the sibling rivalry. Oh yeah, and that's the next theme that I want us to look at, Nikki, uh, coming up after the break. Uh, please. Give us a call on 011-883-0702. How do you navigate this as a parent? How have you prepared your own child for a sibling? And how do you deal with jealousy and rivalry once the baby has arrived? Because as Nikki says, um, children love attention. And fortunately or unfortunately, the new addition to the family, because they are the young ones, they are going to get most of the attention. So... The older child may feel neglected. So how do you navigate that? 
011-883-0702. WhatsApps on 072-702-1702. Family Matters. It's 20 minutes after 11 o'clock. I'm taking your calls on 011-883-0702 on our Family Matters feature where we're discussing how to prepare your child for a sibling. Nikki Bush is guiding us through this discussion. Let's start with Tembeka in Rodeport. Tembeka, good morning. Morning, Clement. How are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm fine. Hmm. Clement, I am. Uh, I have a six-year-old, hmm. seven. Um, I'm pregnant with twins, so I tried to explain to him that mom is expecting two little sisters, and he was first when are they coming? So now he's noticing that my tummy is growing bigger and bigger. So he asked mommy, why is your tummy growing? So I told him, when I told you that we expect him to make a sister. Mm. And then he said, what about me? Mm. I said, you also my baby. He said, but since then, he has been a very emotional child. He cries for anything even i remember one incident that happened last year mm. already that i forgot to pick him at time from school so he said now um the other time you even forgot me to to pick me up from school and he will start crying he's very very emotional especially when you try to resist the two sisters that are coming. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, have you have you tried to to explain? Also, we're talking about a six year old here. I guess Tembeka. So, <laughs> there's there's only so much you can say. Have you tried to explain mm. to him that things are not so much going to change in terms of like the love? Yes, you'll be focusing a lot on the twins, but have you tried to to assure him that? Mommy still loves you. The parents still love you. I have, I have, but the emotions. Every time we talking about the two that come mm. in, it's like because we always ask, but what about me? Mm. And you still my son, and I love, and I understand the age gap that is between them. He says. Mm. Forever. But now, oh, the emotions. Yeah, oh, I'm losing you there. The line is not the best, Tembeka, but I think we, we got the point. Uh, Nikki, um, I think this then uh, leads us nicely into the conversation about how the new sibling then affects the already existing child. And, and as a parent, how do you deal with the jealousy, uh, sometimes the rivalry once the baby has arrived. And in the case of Tembeka, the six-year-old is like, but what about me, mommy? Because he already <laughs> feels like he's already like um, not the focal point anymore. Yeah. So um, Tembeka raises some really interesting points and um, her story is a very common story. So the first thing is that we need to talk about a family is a team. And this team is growing. Sorry. Mm. No, I'm listening, Nikki. Okay, so this. 
sorry, this team is growing and, um, and, and so you're going to be a big brother. And that's a really exciting thing. Now, the great thing about a team, a family, is that within the we, we discover the me. And this is not for Tambeka's six-year-old to hear, but this is for Tambeka. Um, you know, within the we, we discover the me. And when your child becomes a big brother or a big sister, they will experience themselves differently. Now, um, one of the things that happens uh, with children, especially when they're much older, when they get a sibling because they've been an only child they've been the center of your world which actually is not a good representation of how it's going to be in the real world so adding another sibling is actually a good way uh, for your child to get used to having to compete for attention because this is normal in life you know, nobody is um, the center of the universe ultimately. And so it's a, a rebalancing of the attention and who gets what. So learning to share, learning to take turns and learning to compete for attention is these are actually good lessons that children need to learn. What Tambeka needs to guard against is feeling guilty, feeling guilty and children are very, very good at pressing your guilt gland, especially mothers and especially pregnant mums who are a little bit more emotional than they would normally be. So just be really, really aware that the six-year-old is already playing a manipulation game. And if they are allowed to get away with it, they will continue to get away with it. So they do need boundaries and they do need to be encouraged on their own journey towards independence. So yes, while the older sibling is still your baby, this sibling is growing up and this sibling is going to become the big brother or the big sister. So you can start um, getting excitement building about the birth of the baby because a pregnancy is 40 weeks. And you know, we have a, an advent calendar for Christmas for the um, month before the 25 days before Christmas, where we have this advent calendar where children can cross off a block on the calendar or get a little sweet every day when they open the window of the calendar. And it's a lovely thing to do with you, with the, the older child is to create a pregnancy calendar where every week they can open up a little uh, matchbox. Maybe there's 40 weeks in this pregnancy calendar made up of matchboxes. And inside the matchbox is a little treat. So when you get to the end of the next week, you open up, the child opens up another matchbox, and in there is a treat, which helps them to mark time as well. So rem remember for children, time is a weird thing. That's why we use things like advent calendars. And here we're going to turn the advent calendar into a 40-week uh, pregnancy calendar. When is this baby going to arrive? And then, of course, it begs the question, sometimes babies come a little bit early. Uh, and that's okay. Then they just get to open the last three matchboxes all at once the day the baby's born. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think you can have a bit of fun, Clement, with the build up to the arrival mm. of the baby. And with the older sibling, you can give them a doll and they can start nurturing and looking after this doll mm. and 
when a new sibling arrives, it's a lovely, lovely opportunity for children to experience their nurturing instinct because every human being has it. And now there's going to be a live baby. So you know what? We're going to practice having a baby because we're going to give you a doll. And whether you've got a, a boy or a girl, they can have a doll, they can have a pram, they can have a little carry cot, um, they can have blankets, they can learn to change nappies, all with the doll in preparation for the baby's arrival yeah i i like how creative you can be um about it uh just is is, is fascinating and and allows the child to uh, get used to it in a, in a nice creative way um so we're going to take some more calls we're going to take some more voice notes as well uh on 072 702 1702 send your sms's on 31702 011 how are you preparing your children for the arrival of of their sister of their brother and have they been manipulative before and how have you dealt with that in the case of Tembeka his six-year-old son said but what about me uh, mommy he was already feeling neglected before the twins are even arriving so how you deal with that I'd like to hear uh, more from you share your experiences with us give us a call I'll come back with some more of those calls WhatsApp voice notes and your text messages. It's going up to 11.30. 7.02. Family Matters. On our Family Matters feature this morning, we are talking about bringing in the new addition to the family and how you are navigating that as a parent. How, how are you preparing your child for a sibling? I'm going to go to your calls now. Uh, let me read your text messages that have come through so far. Uh, Yvonne says, my firstborn was 15 months old when her twin sister uh, were born. Three in 15 months. All was just awesome. They were all girls. We waited 12 years before we were blessed with a brother for them. That's Yvonne. Uh, Rosie says, hi, Nikki. How and when should I introduce the concept of a new sibling via a surrogate to my four-year-old son? The sibling will be 100% genetically ours, but I'm just unable to carry another child. Nikki, that's a message from Rosie. Mm, such interesting questions. So, yes, um, there are many different ways for children to be carried and to come into the world. And I'm not sure how old Rosie's other child is, but yes, you know, she needs to have that conversation that mummy's body can't carry the baby. So somebody else is going to have the baby for us. Mm -hmm. And that's going to beg the question, how does that happen? In the same way as it would beg the question, if two women are going to have a baby or two men are going to have a baby. So the science behind creating a human being is that, is that the sperm and the egg have to get together. Whether that happens in, in a Petri dish or whether that happens through the act of sex, uh, it will be very different for, for everybody. And ultimately, we're going to land up having the conversation around the story of birth and sexuality education. And once again, that is going to be directly linked to how old is the other sibling mm -hmm. as to how much information you're going to give. Yeah. In this so, case, uh, I think Rosie Nikki said the, the son is four years old. Four years old. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, once again, it's going to be that we're going to have a baby brother or a baby sister. And 
mummy doesn't have that baby in her tummy, but that baby is being looked after by somebody else because mummy cannot carry that baby. Mm. And it can be equally as exciting. Remember the, the calendar that I spoke about? You can still have the calendar. Mm. You can still get a recording of the baby's heartbeat. You can still show your four-year-old a picture of the baby in utero. You know, all those things are still available to you and still very, very important. So um, for Rosie, that's the, the the answer. And then for Yvonne, she was talking about having a 15-month-old and then they had twins and then yeah. they had a brother. So they really created a team. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And um, that that leads me to talking about something that's very, very important. And this would apply to all of our callers and all of our listeners who are going to be producing a sibling. And that is that um, going back to the attention game, how do we pay attention to these siblings once the new baby arrives? And this is when you really need your, your uh, sibling to feel very loved and very much involved in the whole process. And what happens when a new baby arrives is that there's a hell of a lot of feeding that goes on, whether it's breastfeeding or whether it is bottle feeding, it doesn't matter. Babies need to be fed you know, every couple of hours. And so there is a lot of attention on babies just for survival. And mm -hmm. the sibling is going to see you tending to the baby. The baby wakes up, the baby needs to be fed, the baby needs to be changed. Um, and this happens over and over again for many, 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 many months. Like the first 18 months is a roller coaster of, um, of nappy changing and feeding. And those are times when the sibling typically might feel left out, but it doesn't have to be this way. And I always encourage my clients to put together what I call a feeding suitcase, a little plastic suitcase, go to any stationery store, CNA, uh, Walton's, P&A, go and buy one of those plastic suitcases. Um, and those black plastic suitcase becomes the sibling's activity case for when you are feeding the baby. And in that case, there needs to be something to eat, something to drink, something to read, a fascination toy, uh, and all sorts of things that your children can do without your help, as in they know how to play with these toys. And they will open the suitcase on the floor next to you while you're holding the baby in your arms and feeding it. And they will know they have been thought of, they have been cared for, you have planned for them, because this is a very intimate moment when you are feeding a baby, breast or bottle doesn't matter. Yeah. That baby is so close to you and the sibling is much further away. Sometimes you can have the sibling under your other arm, but many times you're not going to be able to do that. So that's where the jealousy comes in because we are multisensory beings. That baby is skin to skin, smelling you, touching you, your voice is very close to its ear, the sibling is much further away. So to compensate for that, pack the suitcase and every day you need to switch out the snacks that are in the suitcase. So yeah. there's something for your child to eat and drink. And once a week, I want you to change the book that's in the suitcase. I want you to change the toys that are in the suitcase. And you know, it's a funny thing. Children are surrounded by lots of toys and books that they very rarely go and look at. Now, this is your opportunity to go and pick out those things they haven't looked at for a while. And it's like putting a lucky packet together. 
Your child doesn't choose what goes in the suitcase. You do. And they don't know what's in it until they mm. open it. So it's a surprise. Yeah. And it's amazing how this takes away the angst and the jealousy because you have shown through action that you are thinking about that other child. Mm. So that is the first really important thing you need to get right is the feeding suitcase, which is for the sibling. Then the second thing, Clement, is that when you're watching the sibling play, you need to be like a sports commentator. So when they are playing on the floor while you are feeding the child, the baby, you become a sportscaster and you say things like this. Oh, I see you've taken your blue little car out and you are pushing the car along the floor. Bumps, it's crashed into the door. Now you're packing the little blue car away and now you're taking out your doll and you're rocking. I see you're rocking your little doll in your arms and you're singing a lullaby to your doll. Can you see what I'm doing? Mm. I'm tracking what my child is doing, and I'm saying it verbally. I'm reflecting back at my child. I see you. I hear you. I'm watching what you're doing. And I'm totally 100% aware of you, even though I'm feeding this baby right now. Mm. And that is an amazing bridge to build between you and the older sibling so that they don't feel like they have been sidelined. And you sportscast for two or three minutes. And once they know they've got your attention, they're fine. It's when they feel you are completely distracted that this older sibling is going to resort to negative attention-seeking behavior. That's when they are going to throw a tantrum. That's when they're going to spill their juice. That's when they're going to start regressing. And I think, Clement, that's a good point we, we need to move on to, is how older siblings can regress once the yeah. baby is born. Yeah, before we get there, Nikki, let, let's just bring in Tabucho, who's calling us from Pretoria. Tabucho, hi. Uh, hi, Clement and Nikki. Hey. Yes, um, yeah, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when when my uh, the last born was born, the, the second, the, the two-year-old, mm. my daughter was two years. We didn't prepare her for, this, for, the, for, for, for the brother, however, she was she was very welcoming. She used to uh, bring a nappy for her, you know, the the milk and all those. Now, the brother's grown. Now he's too. He's working. He's playing also. Now the brother started to bully the sister. The brother always take the food from the sister mm. and all those things. And then the sister obviously is scared of the little brother for some reason. And she always ran to 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 mommy for that. And Another thing is that when before the, the my my two year was born, yeah. the older one used to sleep in her room. Now when this one was born, she refused to sleep in her room. Now she wants to sleep in the same room as us. Now we have to put her on the court and take the the, the, the younger one to our bed. Sure. And it's, it's difficult. And now we're also thinking of number three, but how are we going to handle that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you may want to, you may want to deal with the already existing tensions <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Wow, Nikki, any advice for <laughs> Tabakho? 
So Tobacco has, Tobacco has, has introduced our next topic, really, yeah. which is sibling rivalry and jealousy and, and regression as well, because both of those themes have come through this message. And, um, let's, let's handle the regression first. Uh, and it can happen, um, at any age. I would say really around up until about the age of seven or so that children can regress, but particularly if you've got a toddler. So the sort of 18 months to four year old, they can regress in terms of things like potty training. So you might have got your child onto the potty or the toilet and suddenly the new arrives and now they want to uh, they, they, they won't wheel poo in the loo or the potty now they will only do this in a nappy because they've worked out very simply that the person in the nappy gets the most attention <laughs> it's actually the brain is a very clever thing children are very smart and so um, sometimes they they regress and sudden, sometimes they go back into nappies for a while sometimes they get off the toilet and go back onto the potty sometimes they go back to the dummy sometimes they want to get back Back in your bed um, because they know that whoever's in the bed gets the most attention. So please understand your child is playing the attention game. But you have to set this up. You have to set it up to foster and support the older sibling's journey towards independence. You still need to support that journey. And so we need to use the ki these kinds of words. You're the big brother. You're the big sister. And you're not a baby anymore. What do big brothers and sisters have that babies don't have? What do big brothers and sisters do that babies can't do? And you need to get them to tell you those things. Oh, I have a scooter. A baby can't ride a scooter. Oh, I watch TV. Baby can't watch TV. Or I play games on your phone. Oh, ba can babies do that? No, only big children can do that. I sleep in a bed. Babies can't sleep in a bed because they might roll out of the bed. So we need to be really clear with um, the older sibling that there are lots of things and privileges that they have that a baby does not have. And if they choose to behave like a baby, then they have to give up those privileges. So if they're going to want to poo and wee in a nappy, then they're going to give up the privilege of watching television. They're going to have to give back all the big brother and big sister toys, the big girl, big boy toys that babies can't play with if they want to act like a baby. So giving children that choice usually does the trick quite quickly. Because yeah. they don't want to give up TV. So, they don't want to give up eating the foods they eat and going back to a bottle. Yeah. So so at what point must Tabucho um and, and his partner start introducing the third one? There's really no perfect time. Honestly, there's no perfect time. They're going to both children, the four year old and the two year old, will have a reaction. It would not be normal for a child not to have a reaction to a pregnancy or to a new a new child being born. They will all have a reaction, but they will all react differently. And so it's about the quality of the conversations we have with our children. It's about how we prepare them. It's about parental attitude because we determine the emotional temperature in our homes. And, you know, 
It's about the quality of the playtime we have with all of our children. And when you have more than one child, you do need to spend some quality time with each child. And yes, your time is spliced and diced. And, you know, you're not going to have three hours with one child. You're going to have, um, you're going to have to start doing parenting on the run, which is building, creating playfulness around ordinary things like cooking together. Because you've got to cook anyway, like changing the baby's nappy. Uh, one of the, the callers said that, you know, the older child goes to fetch the nappies. Give them responsibilities like that. Can you please go and fetch mummy a nappy? Can you please go and do this? They love being given responsibility. Babies can't be given responsibility, but big children can. Mm. And so we're a team. We're raising these children together. And the weird thing is, the more children you have, it becomes a tribe and the tribe starts looking after each other. When you've only had one child for a long time, it's actually more difficult because that child has a massive adjustment um, to not being the only child. Mm-hmm. All right, Debza, good luck, eh? Oh, no, thank you. That was very helpful. <laughs> good luck, man. Uh, calling us from Pretoria. Let's take some voice notes and messages coming through. Let's start here. Hi, Clement. A very interesting topic. Um, so, so let me share just a bit of my own experience. I have an older son and the young one. So the age gap between them is 10. So when I was pregnant, um, you know, I'd have a conversation and tell him that the baby's coming. And it was okay until you get very difficult questions. So the one day he asked me, so are you going to push or are they going to cut you? Mm. You know, so those are very difficult and uncomfortable uh, conversations for me to a child. And then now he wants to know, what did you do with me? Did you push or did you, did they cut you? You know, so it's it's very interesting how they 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 know so much and having to answer some questions are very uncomfortable. Ooh, and Nikki, you know, kids have lots of questions, eh? Oh, they do. You know, I wrote the book Easy Answers to Awkward Questions, which has been a best-selling book. And it literally is about answering these kinds of questions that our listener has just given us. And it's actually a fact. It's a fact how babies get into your tummy. It's a fact how they grow inside you. And it's a fact how they come out. And this child is asking a brilliant question. Are you going to push or are they going to cut you? So please answer the question. And you can start by telling their birth story. And how was that older sibling born? Was that sibling born vaginally, naturally? Mm -hmm. Or was that sibling born by cesarean section and cut out of your tummy. And that gives you the perfect lead for this question. So let's talk about you and how you were born because it was a very, very special day and it's a very, very special story. And this, of course, is only a difficult question if you haven't already had the sexuality education conversation with your child. I think that our caller said her child is 10. Mm. So at the age of 10, they should, of course, know all the body parts and how babies are made. And this is important, really, really important, because they are seeing 
and hearing sexual content all the time in the playground and on TV. And when you're having a baby, it is absolutely the perfect time to have this conversation. And what you need to say is, of course, the very basics are that boys have two holes and girls have three holes. Girls have a middle hole. And that middle hole is very, very important because if they have babies naturally, if the baby can be born naturally and is not a cesarean baby that is cut out of the mum's tummy, because as my son said to me when my sister had a cesarean uh, section, she couldn't have her baby naturally because she had, she, she her tunnel was blocked, he said. Her tunnel was blocked. Mm. <laughs> And so children will find their own words. You can give them the right words, but they will find their own words. And um, so if the tunnel is blocked for any reason, yes, they have to cut the baby out. But if it isn't, hmm. then a mum pushes the baby out of the middle hole. Yeah. And it's the most natural thing in the world. Sure. And so start off with your child's birth story, please, yeah. because it makes it real. Children are concrete learners. It needs to mean something to them, and their own birth story means a lot to them. Yeah. Nomsa, you're calling us from Kempton Park. Good morning. Hi, morning. Um, I, I don't know how to put this. Um, I, I'm, I'm currently experiencing um, a, a challenge into explaining into my 10-year-old son mm. uh, about my current pregnancy. I'm, pre I'm pregnant, and... Um, we lost the baby last year, so it was a stillbirth, mm. and now he can see that mommy's tummy is getting bigger <laughs> and all that. And I, I, I don't know how to put it to him. I'm so scared. He's such a sensitive child. Mm. I, I, I don't know what to say because um, when I was pregnant in 2020, we went through to like the pregnancy together. He was so excited, you know, like he was understanding this, that there was a baby coming and then all that disappointment that came with the baby didn't survive, the baby was not well. Mm. Now I just don't know how to tell him again sure. that... How old is he, Nomsa? He's 10. 10. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Nikki? Yeah. So we're now talking life and death conversations. All right, Nomsa, thank you for, yeah. thank you for the question. Nomsa. Thanks, Nomsa. So this is this is a little more tricky, obviously, mm. because Nomsa has traveled the journey with the older sibling before and it didn't end well. So there is, of course, already a track record that there has been disappointment and there has been sadness and there has been grief and there has been loss. And um, and 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 that's important to acknowledge. And sometimes these things do happen. Most of the time, things don't go wrong. And it is around firmness. It is around having those conversations of saying, yes, I know last time it was very, very sad. We were all very, very sad um, at what happened. Mm. And you still have to go through the motions of getting excited for this new sibling, regardless of what the outcome might be. We have to expect the best if the worst happens we deal with it then but don't let that experience steal your joy because remember all of these things get transmitted to the baby too so we need to get excited about this if this 10 year old needs some counseling some further support we'll get it 
but and 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 also the mum you know i don't know what kind of counseling and support mum and dad had with the mm. loss of the baby mm. because incomplete grief can be destructive and we need to make sure we have managed that grief and we've worked through that grief before the arrival of the next baby and just also knowing that the new baby is not a band-aid for the old baby the new baby is appearing in the world completely in its own right and so that is a very important point to get across jeez um that's such a tricky one so what happens nikki when single parents might not have that time to navigate this experience right and create those moments have these creative ways to get the older children to sort of get accustomed to the idea that somebody else is coming. I mean, can, can they bring in a nanny who can assist or is this a responsibility that solely um, needs to be carried out by the parent in this case? Yes, so single parenting obviously has a different set of demands to being a two-parent family. And single parents also need to create their own form of family. So one parent, one child makes a family. Um, one parent, two ch children makes a family. But what does your village look like? Who is in your village? And you need to intentionally build a village for yourself. Even parents... Uh, who have two parents and a child and are producing another sibling need to build their network and their village as well. Because you never know what the demands are going to be on a day-to-day -day basis, um, whether it's the baby, whether it's the sibling. And let's face it, children are not automatons. We are human beings. Every day is different with children. You cannot absolutely say for sure how your day is going to pan out. And so we do need to know who we can call on when the demand gets too mm, great mm. or when we need a child fetched from school because the baby's running a temperature. For example, we need to be realistic about the fact that our days with children change every minute of every day. Yeah. So you need to build your team, whether that is that you bring in an au pair, where you have a live-in nanny, whether you have parents who live close by, um, aunts, uncles, etc. Children need more than just you, whether it's a yeah. two-parent or a one-parent family. They need more than just you. So you need to, to be awake as to what kind of support you do need. And you need to have the conversations on the run. It's not about sitting your child down and having the talk. You talk in the car. You talk in the bath when you're pregnant. There's no better time to have yeah. a conversation about pregnancy mm. than in the bath where they can actually see how your body is changing. So I think it's just a wonderful time in children's lives to really connect with their parents in a very different way and yeah. have some of those very, very important conversations. Nikki Bush, thank you so much for making time. Always uh, brilliant in, in helping us understand um, these parenting issues. Nikki Bush is a parenting expert. I would really advise you to go get that book, Easy Answers to Awkward Questions by Nikki.